award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. we got a great show lined up for you today, and as you can see, we're not in Studio B at our Nashville headquarters. We're in Clarksville today at Troy Manufacturers, uh, manufacturers of uh, rifles, AR platform rifles, and uh, a lot of cool guns. So today we're going to be talking with Steve and Tracy Troy, and we also have Jim Cucuruto with us today. He's with uh, Outdoor Stewards of Conservation, and we're going to be talking about all things conservation, all things shooting. It's going to be a fun time, and I appreciate you guys being with us. Thank you. All right, good to be here. Thanks for having me in, in your manufacturing facility here in, in Clarksville. This is awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. We just had a chance to tour the facility, which helped me out today because I'm, I'm not an AR guy. I've shot a few, but I learned a lot today, and it's cool to see how these guns come together and the quality of what y'all put together. But um, it didn't start here, did it, Steve, no. Tracy? It, y'all are from uh, Massachusetts, right? Correct. And that's where the company started. Tell us a little bit about how Troy became what it is today and a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, we started the company in 2003. This is our 20th year in business. Uh, I was a uh, career police officer, state trooper, and I was in the military reserve, and I had a lot of exposure to um, problems that were occurring in modern field at arms on that side. Mm. I also had an interest in all things mechanical. My dad was a uh, uh, mechanic all my life, had a gas station, and you know, at six and seven years old, I was replacing car parts. At 12, I was a, a friend of his was a gunsmith in Simsbury, Connecticut, and I did an internship with him. And I just have had, always had an interest, and I like to create. So I started Troy Industries in 2003 with our folding battle site. That was really as a result of a deployment I went on and saw what was issued, and it was terrible. A lot of duct tape holding them up. Mm -hmm. uh, There's nothing to keep them up when they were there. Um, one aperture, and so I went to work on designing it, and we designed it, and it was all part of a, uh, the newly formed Department of Homeland Security had a, a tunnel fighting team, and they had came to us, and you'd met uh, earlier on the tour Jeff Peterson. Mm -hmm. Jeff worked for a company called RD Systems in, uh, in South Beloit, Illinois, and they were working on an M14 program. So this was right about 2001. They invited me to come in as a consultant because I had some strong opinions on it. They yeah. thought that does make sense. We end up developing the SOTMOD M14 and finally getting it into market. 2003, I formed the company around it. And that was a suppressed um, rifle that was uh, would, was about 22 to 23 inches long at a suppressor. And it was something that was designed for mainly uh, Special Forces personnel. It was done under contract for uh, Crane, which is a Naval Surface Warfare Center. So Jeff and I worked together then. And basically since then, I've been trying to hire Jeff. <laughs> and finally, when we moved to Tennessee, he'd always said he wanted to retire in Tennessee. Mm. And I said, hey, Jeff, why don't you come run my shop? And uh, we got him down here, and uh, we're working together. He's uh, head of manufacturing. He's one of the best 3D machinists in the world. He carves wow. uh, 3D machines, uh, life-size human beings to Michelangelo standards, <laughs> horses, uh tires race cars out of stainless steel it was an artist that came to him and they, they hired him to do all the work but he is unbelievably talented and our suppressor line uh, shows that um so we started in massachusetts in my basement um quickly moved uh, realized that we had uh need for some space i rented some space in lee massachusetts um outgrew that 
And for the first five years, I was, you know, using my state police money to pay my one employee and uh, try to grow it and then take every product that got sold, all the money would roll back in to make more product. Mm. And that uh, grew the company to where we needed more space. We moved to West Springfield. Smith & Wesson was a very big client of ours. Um, they hired me as a consultant to lay out their M&P rifle line. Mm. So they came out with the, the M&P the uh, T tactical. Uh, we nicknamed Troy just because it had our rail and sights on it yeah. in the X series. And uh, that was big OEM business for us, and that's got it started. So we 3,500, we doubled it to 7,000. 7, uh, shortly thereafter, we picked up Ruger. We were doing all the rails and sights, 360 a day of rails and sites for their uh, newly released uh, AR-15 program that they had up there. And that was another boost. So that dictated, hey, we really need space now. So we found a 45,000 square foot um, facility about uh, two miles from where we were located and we purchased it and we moved in. Uh, we resided there up until uh, two years ago and uh, the state of Massachusetts had started talking about banning the manufacturing of semi-automatic rifles and oh, wow yeah uh the tax taxes up there the politics um it was really was the weather a state the weather yeah. <laughs> and we had gotten a, a significant foreign military deal uh that was was very very large and uh probably the biggest that we had ever gotten and it came down to that all of our paperwork was in and we needed a letter from the government of that nation for approval mm. and the letter is antiquated like but the state department required it so we started calling politicians and saying hey we need help with this so in the meantime we sent somebody over to get that letter and they were asked for a bribe and a very large wow. bribe so wow. we said this isn't working so we started calling politicians hey we need help with this we think this letter can get bypassed because it's it's, it's redundant it's not necessary not a single return phone call from over 20 politicians in the northeast so a friend of mine uh, overseas recommended I contact Mark Green, and I didn't know who Mark Green was. Um, it turns out he's the congressman for Middle Tennessee, the <laughs> 7th District. There and you go. Within 15 minutes, uh, we were talking to Mark on, 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 on uh, an app and then on the phone, and he arranged for us to meet with the IDB. The IDB in Clarksville put together an entire team of over 30 people to meet with us when we came here. And that night, Mark had us over his house and cooked us dinner. Mm. And I realized, and Tracy realized at that time, we're home. So mm. that's what got us here. The deal went into uh, Staleville to, uh, it's just now rewarming now through a different a different uh, uh, avenue, but it, it showed us that, you know, having somebody that I can actually contact from the government that will actually return a call. Mm. That's all I needed was a return call. And, you know, we pulled out and we had, we had done probably $250 million worth of business in Western Massachusetts. And we were a major employer. Our height, we were at like 112 people up there. So you'd think it would be significant enough to at least return a phone call. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, we're, we're the right people doing the job. A big part of our business is law enforcement, um, you know, government work. Uh, we do business in about 46 countries. And, and that includes uh, NATO forces that are, are from those countries. So we're the right people doing the right thing and um, still could not get that return call. And that's what led us here. And we bought a farm and... Uh, moved Love the, it every moved minute. the factory, 30, yeah. 37 <laughs> tractor trailers later, we're, we're operating on what you saw today with all brand new machinery and a brand new team. We have retained, I think, eight people from the last workforce. Um, our Massachusetts people actually came down, the key people, to help train the replacements. 
Um, a lot of them have been with me for more than a decade. It was very sad to see them go, but they weren't in a position where they could move um, down here. But uh, almost all of them, I've extended opportunity. Like, do you ever change your mind? And you want to come down here? Mm -hmm. We'd love to have you. Wow, so, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, you answered just about every question <laughs> I had. Uh, but just to know that you've brought what seventy-five plus jobs. To it will be uh, when it shakes out. Like we're just when we were touring. We had done a lot of things to prepare for the move because we knew it would be chaotic for at least a year. It wasn't that bad, but like sewing. We had uh, five full-time sewers and a supervisor. Okay. We have not started sewing yet again because we had enough inventory. Now that inventory is diminished, so we've got that starting back up, and we'll be adding sewers. Uh, we've got our robotic welding cell that's coming in. That's going to be two people on that. We've got a Cerakoting operation. That's another uh, at least one person day shift, possibly second nights. Mm. So we'll probably exceed the 75. That was the threshold that our incentive program from the state of Tennessee and TVA and uh, the IDB was uh, triggered on. Cool. But we comfortably have always run about 80 to 84 people. It's just we didn't expect. Um, initially, when we announced the move, um, we had about 30% of our workforce interested. We had an older workforce. Everybody wants to go down south, retire in south, better weather, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But it ended up coming down to like six people. So it, we, it reset us a little bit and how we thought about what operations are we going to do and what can we do best. And that's why we cited on instead of the mill turns, which we were strong on Eurotex. We had, uh, I think, seven uh, Eurotex running pretty much um, three shifts, uh, five days a week up there. Couldn't, there's no one down here that can run those. So we sold those. It was the height of COVID. So people were paying more than retail for used machinery. Wow. And we ordered all brand new American-made Haas machines. And it turns out that you know we did that knowing that TCAT right down the street is like at less than a mile from here. And they train on Haas. And we've been able to grab the, uh, a few of their last uh, couple classes, honor graduates, and they're working here, and they bring so much to the table. TCAT is an unbelievable program. We've partnered with them on on our recruitment efforts, and we send our people down there on a regular basis for job fairs and, and meeting the, the students. Hmm. So you got American-made guns on American-made machines in, yeah. in America. We do. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Tracy, I'm sure you just hang back and watch things happen. But, no, no, I'm, you, you're probably the brains of this, aren't you? <laughs> No, I uh, I just help out. I run the sales department, uh, help out with operations, support him. Steve is, I mean, this is his passion. He is the probably you know top five people doing this in this country Definitely. ever. See that. And so I'm here to support him. Yeah. You love but, Tennessee just as much as he does. It's home. It's definitely home. Yeah. This is where we will. This will be our final resting place. <laughs> <laughs> Not too soon. Not no, no, no. Time. Not no. too soon. But we. But to add to that, though, uh, when I had met Tracy, she was vice president of commercial sales of alternative energy sources for large businesses, wow. such yeah. as mine. She proposed a solar project for my factory. Um, she didn't get the project, but she got me. <laughs> but she was from a much bigger industry than than what we're doing here. But I had asked her, could she please come on board and staff? You know, she was vice president of sales there, knew what she was doing, and she has completely redid our staff. I know you've met Patrick several sure. times and worked with him in the past as well. We have an uh, just an all A player team at the Falls. Patrick's under. the reason we're here. Yeah. Yeah. You Patrick. wanted to get away from him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Tennessee. I meant all of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we tried to get Patrick to move. Yeah. I want to touch on uh, Jim here. Uh, tell us about yourself and kind of sure. how you fall into this whole thing and why you're here in Tennessee this week. Sure, sure. I've been um, in the outdoor industry for about 13, 14 years. Worked for the trade association of the industry, the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Did a lot of research. Talked about how to recruit new people into the sport. And it all centers around conservation and and 
I was very fortunate enough to work with the industry side of things, mm-hmm. the, the Troys of the world, and the agency side of things, the TWRAs. So, you know, I ended up starting my own nonprofit organization about two years ago, Outdoor Stewards of Conservation Foundation, and that's our goal. We want to recruit new people into the outdoors, new hunters, anglers, and target shooters, and mm-hmm. we call them hats because I, I don't like to say hunters, anglers, target shooters all day long. Yeah, that's perfect. We've got hats. about 60 million hats out there, and those those folks are the people buying the product, and, you know, there's yeah. a big cycle of how conservation works. So you get a quality product from World of Troy, the customer buys that product, and then a portion of that, about 10% of that, goes back to the state agencies. So mm-hmm. TWRA can do all the awesome work that you guys are doing. Yeah. Uh, so we love to make the connections here and mm-hmm. love to see their factory tours. And then we'll get these guys out in the field with you guys, show them where that money goes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, folks don't know how agencies are funded like TWRA. And when you buy a rifle like this or, or ammo or things that you take hunting and, and use in hunting and fishing, it all comes right back right. Uh, to the agency in millions of dollars that we can put back in conservation right yeah when we're walking around the facility there you know you use these firearms for a lot of purposes home protection personal protection recreational shooting competitive shooting collecting hunting a lot of people use the ar platform Mm -hmm. for hunting yeah but i'm thinking man that's conservation i see those firearms and i look at conservation because the checks that steve and tracy write to the tax and trade bureau on the for those excise tax dollars again they go back to really the main support funder of conservation along with hunting and fishing license sales and not just conservation but range development as well Mm -hmm. because a lot of those people buying these firearms like to go out and do recreational shooting so twra is one of the top if not the top state for providing recreational activities for those hats so thank you and, and thank you guys i love being here and seeing this all yeah, Tennessee is a is a great place to live, and and we love guns. We love shooting. Uh, there's a lot of ranges across the state, uh, particularly here in Montgomery County. We've got right. uh, a, a range here, Montgomery County Shooting Complex, that's going to be receiving millions of dollars of of improvements here in the next few years, and uh, it's uh, it's just a great place to be and a great place to shoot and get outdoors and. Uh, it's not always the hunter. There's there's a recreational shooting out there sure. that happens, and and we're excited about the the future investments in shooting sports and here in Tennessee. So, um, well, and while we're on you uh, with you, Jim, do you want to touch on the fellow bag program and, sure. and what this is here in front of us? And then I want to dive into these guns. I want to for sure, get yeah. Some so behind the scenes look here. I did I did a lot of research, millions of dollars worth of research over the past decade. You know, and we we really wanted to find common ground. What what does everybody you know, what can get us together, the hats and the non-hats, and the main connection was conservation, right? Nobody wants dirty water, nobody wants air pollution, nobody likes litter bugs, right? (laughs) So we want to promote the fact that those hats are the primary funders and stewards of conservation, and one of the ways we did that was through engaging those customers by providing them with these biodegradable bags. Mm -hmm. So we call the program Fill a Bag While Filling Your Tag, and what we do is we give these bags out to hats all across America and ask them when they're out in the field, on the water, at the range, and they see a piece of trash. It could be a Mylar balloon that floated in from somebody's <laughs> wedding 10 miles away. Yeah. Milk jug. Right, milk Shanghai. jug. I mean, you know, <laughs> little bottles, of, you know, those single-shot bottles of uh, alcohol lighters. I mean, the little plastic is worse than the big plastic yeah. in a lot of cases. So nobody's outside more than those hats. They spend 1.2 billion days outside hunting, fishing, or target shooting. They're always outdoors. They're deep into nature. And when they come across an old beer can or an old plastic bottle... 
stop for a second, put it in their bag, take it out of the woods and waters with them. Mm -hmm. And we know through research that about 92% of hats have already done that. They, they do it on a consistent basis, but we want them to get credit, right? We want to show how we are the, the stewards of conservation. So right. we ask them to snap a photo with their bag, with their trash, and yeah. put it on their social media. And again, TWRA is leading the way with that. That's what so, I like to see. You got TWRA uh, logo here, yep. Troy logo. So again, it's a partnership between the industries and the agencies. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Troy customers can, will get these with every, I think, with every fire. With every firearm purchase, we stick one in their box. Awesome. Sure. So the, there's a little QR code. They play the video, explains on what to do with them. And uh, again, it's just a, it's a great program. And we've got great partners with uh, TWRA and Troy and a lot of other folks on board with these. But mm -hmm. it gives a good name to people that are outdoors and it, it explains that story and especially when you're trying to introduce somebody new like you know and you're talking about why you like being outdoors why you like being a gun owner you can tie in that conservation aspect of it because again that that's something that goes across all different types of folks everybody wants to keep a nice clean environment I, i've always said keep tennessee beautiful i think that that's was it. a slogan at one point or or something i saw on our t-shirt and i was like that you know <laughs> get that trash out of tennessee um all right well let's jump into um these these guns um and first off it's not just ar platforms y'all are in other platforms we, as well are looking to be right well we accessorize other platforms okay. as well um anything that's really operating in nato and now some former warsaw pack countries um like ukraine and the areas around there we're accessorizing and modernizing their 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 fleet of firearms gotcha um there's a big interface i brought one with a laser uh, we provide a lot of electro optics on our foreign military support, and there's also other countries that produce that, but they need to be able to interface with the firearm, and it gives them a better targeting ability, uh, vision ability, but they need to have an interface that will accept it. So the standard interface, as we know, is the 1913 rail. There's also the Stanag rail, which is a little bit different that uh, runs in Europe. Uh, we make both, um, and that allows us to be able to provide um, maybe firearms at one point, but normally it starts with the accessories first. Mm -hmm. And they say, all right, well, these guns have reached their service life. We're looking to replace them. So we had a really big contract in Columbia with the Columbia National Police. Same thing, we did a, a thousands of conversion kits of buttstock, magazines, upper receiver group. And then they came back to us for full rifles afterwards because they had just, as they go through the fleet and they find that service life is being exceeded, they're not headspacing properly anymore. Um, it's time for rifles. So it's a way we build rapport with the client mm -hmm. and then we'll uh, be able to offer other things. Most of our firearms um, that you see here, uh, these are law enforcement military style firearms. Um, our civilian or our, our, our commercial or patriot type rifles fall along this line here. Uh -huh. um, this one uh, just came back from a show. It doesn't have a bolt in it, so uh, for We're safety. all safe here, yes. Yeah. Uh, this is actually the, the uh, 2023 Tennessee Sheriff's Association rifle. We got selected um, this year by TSA to provide the rifle for them. Very cool. um, it's also, this is our billet machined upper and lower. It takes a lot longer to make billet, but they're, you know, the tolerances are much better because you control all the surfaces. Normal rifles would have a forged upper and lower. So our law enforcement patrol rifles are very similar to this, except they're black, and the receivers are your traditional with the Ford Assist and all that. But um, these are a special set, again, for a special organization. Uh, so this year, uh, we've done some cosmetic changes as well as functional changes. 
We've now standardized with our uh, S7 tool steel disconnectors that we wire EDM, which we showed you the process in mm -hmm. the factory. Uh, it provides uh, uh, you know plus or minus zero tolerances on these disconnectors that make sure that we have a reliable and safe trigger trigger group. Uh, we've also moved to the B5 Bravo stock and the Ergo grip, um, a nickel Teflon trigger and hammer set that go with our our, our, our Super Duty uh, disconnector. And all these are made in-house, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, so the, um, what you see running out there, you saw the handguard running today. Yeah. You saw the the remnants of running the lowers last week. We already ran our lowers. Right. We ran our uppers, our charging handles, our front and takedown pins, uh, hammer pins, disconnectors, magazine releases, safeties, uh, buffers, flash suppressors, gas blocks. Um, Is there anything sites. <laughs> Well, it, you know, we, we run barrels when we have to, but we've got, uh, we've started with we 20 different vendors of barrels and we bring them through our quality control. And we ended up finding five vendors of barrels that can meet our standards. We're an ISO 9001 company. Um, we have AQL standards we have to follow with everything that comes in here, whether we make it or somebody else. And we were able to identify these five companies that are making superior product. We could do it on our machines as well, but mm. we have other things that we need to be running on those machines. And barrels are pretty harsh operation. Uh, bolt assemblies, the other thing is we make our sporting rifles, our side action, our pump action, bolt carriers, and sometimes the bolts. But we have a vendor that does our bolt carrier assemblies that does a lot of the big guys that you'd know uh, as well for the military. And we've had excellent quality there. They're actually absolutely this the the experts in the bulk carrier group um so we we pay for quality uh to make sure that it lines up with the standards that we have at yeah. our rifles uh the flash suppressors you saw the machines that those turn on um these have we've done a lot of these we call it the uh, cqb flash suppressor and it just has a series of teeth on it it allows a less than lethal option if uh, somebody approaches you and you've got a rifle out it's hard to get to a handgun or to mm -hmm. oc or pepper spray uh, it's been popular. It makes a 14-inch barrel into a 16-inch barrel because we pin and weld a lot of police departments and, and also Patriots. They don't want to have to deal with NFA paperwork. So by providing something that's absolutely compact and still not within the NFA, they're allowed to uh, have something that's a, a little bit more handier than a full-size rifle. And then the color you see on this, of course, is a Cerakote color. It's um, OD green. Mm -hmm. That's what the Sheriff's Association had, uh, had chosen. Our standard, of course, is hard-coat anodized black. We also run um, and Cerakote and gray, flat dark earth, um, a coyote brown or troy brown that you see there. And this is the example of the flat dark earth. So, so that's our that's our rifle system. We've got several different types of grips that we we make for the front here as well. These are the slings that we sew. Um, we're about to get our sewing back going again. We haven't run it since Massachusetts, but um, we were doing about just under three hundred thousand slings a year. Uh, wow. We had some OEM work that we were doing as well as our own. So that's something we're going to be getting back into. Also, along with that, these are our suppressors. Um, the technology behind these are cool. I love yeah. It. yeah. So we started doing suppressors um, when I was with Jeff at RD Systems. Um, RD had the SOTMOD contract to do the Arctic, Arctic Warfare Rifle or SOTMOD M14, and it was part of the MDNS contract back in like 2001. So they were, at the same time, they had been making suppressors for a company called Ops Inc. or Phil Seberger. So ops, uh, that relationship went away, and I said, you know, we can probably do this better. And we started looking at the technology. And at the time, um, RD was doing a tube suppressor. So back in 2008, uh, we designed a suppressor with no outer tube and patented it. We're the first ones in the world to do that. Mm. And I was told that, you know, every, everybody that we talked about it was, was like, 
this will never work. You're going to blow through the weld. The mm -hmm. pressure can't handle it. And I had an engineer. Um, his name is Dave Hughes. He still works part-time for us. He's probably on 60 of our patents. Um, he's wow. a genius. He's still up in Massachusetts. Firefighter and uh, engineer and just um, wow. he's just a smart guy. He's like, we're going to weld these together. You don't need the outer tube. I was like, can't be done. I was under the mantra, like, can't be done. He says, you know, what? <laughs> yeah, you can do it. We'll do it. So we did it and uh, then started testing it on 240 machine gun and or 249 on the 556 and things weren't coming apart. And we started doing it where now we, we do robotic welding and an, an x-ray uh, examination of it. So we know where our welds are, but yeah. they're indestructible. But what the big primary difference is on most suppressors that are on the market today is that these actually go back over the barrel. And our muzzle device is a, a chambered brake that forces all the energy as it, as it comes out, the gases, to the back of the can, uh -huh. which initiates your first shear of those gases off of the back of that bullet. And then the baffles, what we patented, are how they share air between chambers. So when you put this on the end of the gun, the end of the flashlight, this isn't the muzzle device for it, but this is how far it goes on to the gun. Actually, it goes back to here. Mm. So you're only increasing the length of the gun by about three and a half inches, but you're your suppression level is much lower than most of the common suppressors. Like the U.S. SOCOM suppressor is the Surefire. This suppressor is almost 10 dB quieter and has less presentation out the muzzle. But it's the technology that's in it. We've increased the wall. So by decreasing the wall thickness of that outer tube, we've added more airflow inside. And we've also brought it out to 1.67 as opposed to the normal inch and a half. So really, it's about airflow mm -hmm. and about eliminating as much back pressure as possible by the way that air flows through the can. So that's been very successful for us. This is the 308 version here. And again, an example, this is our Gen 1 suppressor direct thread. This is on a 20-inch barrel. That's two inches longer than this gun. It's an 18-inch barrel. Mm. So what we've done is we've been able to take this suppressor and add to the, the ways that I talked about and then bring it back over the barrel. So again, when this goes on this firearm, it's coming back to here. Wow. So I'm, I've got an overall shorter presentation, and this suppressor is 120.8 on one. We've done uh, DB testing uh, uh, twice on, on this where we brought out all the things, 120.1 and 120.8, and I think it was an ammunition variant. And we were asked before, like, what's an unsuppressed firearm? Well, there's that's subjective. Um, an unsuppressed firearm with a square muzzle face and an unsuppressed with that chambered break, it's going to be a significant difference when we're, where we're, place, when we're placing the meter off the muzzle. So we look at at what degree of suppression does it bring it to? And this is bringing it down to between 120.1 and 120.8. Wow. Yeah. Um, the Omega suppressor series, which um, you know I've used a lot of, those are 128. So we're that, that's probably the best one that we've seen in, uh, in comparison. And it really is the technology of being back over the barrel and flowing through. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. The technology is crazy, and, and the work that y'all do here is, is amazing. Thank um, you. Just going through the facility, seeing all this come together, seeing them, you know, together as a whole, uh, the quality, the safety, the reliability. You, you mentioned you can sleep at night because yeah. you know what's coming off the line in your facility. Yeah, that's great. Um, check them out, uh, worldoftroy.com on the website. Uh, follow them on social media. Do you know what what's your social media handles? Troy Industries. Troy Industries on social yep. media. Uh, follow them there. Check them out. I appreciate the tour today. Jim, thank you. Yes, sir. Yeah, if you want more info, outdoorstewards.org or at outdoorstewards on Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, any final words? 
I appreciate you all taking the time to come out and see us here and spread the word that we're actually here, made in Tennessee, made in America. Everything we, every part of this firearm is 100% American made, even the nylon that we, you know, the raw material, it's all here from the U.S. Awesome. Awesome. That yeah. shows in the quality and, and reliability. That's, that's great. I, I think it's awesome. Get out, start shooting. Uh, enjoy Tennessee. Get outside. Uh, if you want looking for a hunting and fishing license, go outdoorstennessee.com. If you're looking for some uh, TWRA swag, shop.goutdoorstennessee.com. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.